I can't, uh, I can't deal with. And uh, Brother Tracy did a great job on that. Amen. Uh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. Take your Bibles, if you will, and uh, uh, turn to the book of Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. I suppose it's that time of year when Luke chapter 2 is often looked at and read. And, uh, of course, we find the birth of Christ and uh, probably, in my opinion, the... <clears throat> probably the prettiest word picture we could ever find concerning the birth of Christ where you have the angels and the shepherds and all those types of things. And, uh, but tonight we're, we're not going to look at that section of Scripture, but a section of Scripture after. And uh, I've titled the message tonight, Christmas and Calvary. Christmas and Calvary. And I'm going to try to preach a little shorter than I normally do. Uh, we got some things going on this evening. Uh, but I do want to, uh, uh, you know, honor God and, and uh, uh, preach the Word and challenge us a little bit tonight. And so we're talking about Christmas and Calvary. You know, uh, Christmas, it's an it's a odd time of, of year for some, um, you know, depending on where you're at in life. Uh, Christmas, uh, you know, you think about it when your kids were little or maybe even think about it when you were little. Uh, when your kids were little and uh, Miss Dane and I were, were empty nesters now and, uh, you know, uh, I don't even know where our Christmas tree is. You know, we don't, we don't decorate too much, that kind of stuff anymore. That is unless we know the grandchildren are coming over and then, of course, we'll throw one up. Uh, but uh, I was telling Dana today, I, uh, I, this, this year I'm excited. I love Christmas. Um, but, uh, you know, God is just, uh, for the last week or so, I'm just uh, so thankful for his sacrifice. And I think it's probably because we're preaching, uh, you know, looking at the patterns of the tabernacle. And uh, so I've been, you know, spending time studying the tabernacle and all the different patterns and, and how they point to Christ and those things. And uh, so it's just been on my heart and mind. And even with uh, Christmas coming up, I, I'm not melancholy, I'm not sad or anything, but uh, a little different uh, a feeling, I guess, than normally this time of year. Um, and I want to preach along those lines, just how God is leading me. And, uh, of course, uh, let's see, uh, what is it, a week from Monday? Is that Christmas? Is it on Monday? Christmas Eve's on Sunday, so we got about another week from tomorrow. Uh, we'll uh, be December 25th. 2023 will be done pretty soon. And uh, December 25th is, is a day that our country and many other places across the world celebrates uh, Christmas. And uh, I've already shared with you a couple times probably throughout some of my message that, you know, as far as the world's concerned, I mean the secular world, the lost world, uh, doesn't really have a proper understanding of what Christmas is all about. And, but, uh, you know, as the world evangelizes us uh, in, in some ways, I think even Christians can sometimes lose sight of what Christmas ought to mean. Of course, Christmas, first and foremost, ought to be the birth of Christ. Amen. I mean, uh, a Savior was born. And uh, Christmas certainly should remind us uh, of the birth of Christ. I've mentioned to you already, the, I don't believe the, the date is right, uh, of course. Uh, uh, but uh, it's a time when, when a lot of money is spent, uh, no doubt. Uh, I'm not against presents. Uh, uh, I, personally, I like getting presents, amen. Uh, but I'm certainly not against the tradition of, of giving presents at Christmas times and those types of things. Certainly not uh, against the uh, celebrating of Christmas. I enjoy the sweet, even the festive part of it, those types of things. And, uh, hey, we ought to celebrate uh, that Jesus was born, amen. Uh, but tonight, I, I want to kind of move past all of that, and I, I'm thinking of a young girl uh, by the name of Mary. 
um, of course, Mary, the mother of Jesus. Amen. And uh, I believe that it's very possible that she was just in her teenage years when God uh, called her to uh, be the mother, if you will, of our Lord and Savior. Now, you know, we don't take a look at Mary like some belief systems do, uh, but certainly Mary uh, was a, a special young lady. Uh, but I'm also thinking, I even want to go past that a little bit, actually 33 years later, and I'm thinking of that same Mary standing beneath a cross, you know, Christmas and Calvary. Uh, I suppose more than anyone, Mary really understood the real cost of Christmas, didn't she? And uh, not that she called it Christmas, but she really understood that the, the birth of her son. And I want to read some scripture. And again, the first 21 verses are certainly scripture that is read often on Christmas Eve and probably been preached out of several times across our country because of this time of year. Uh, and we often stop at verse 21 and amen. It's a great thing and, and we're not against that. But I want us to pick up in verse 22. So stand with me if you will. Verse 22, Luke chapter 2, verse 22. Uh, stand with me if you can in reverence to the word of God. And it says there in verse 22, When the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him, that is Jesus, baby Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As is written in the law of the Lord, Every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves uh, or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same... Uh, man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. He was waiting for the birth of the Messiah. Verse 26 says, And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then, he, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Amen. What a wonderful thought. Then in verse 31, Which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him, and Simeon blessed them, now notice, and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Verse 35, And yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Father, we ask your blessing upon the preaching of the Word of God tonight. Lord, just a little message I'd like to bring, Lord, about Christmas and Calvary. Father, help us to understand some things tonight. It's not my uh, goal tonight to take away from the joy and the festivities of, of what's going on in Christmas, Lord. I believe it ought to be a joyous time of year, a happy time of year, no doubt. But Lord, help us never to forget about Calvary because... Lord, if there had not been a Calvary later, there would have never been a Christmas. And so, Lord, I hope and pray that you'll help us tonight as God's people to understand some things. And, Father, if there's anyone here tonight that's not saved, maybe, maybe this is something strange uh, that they've never heard before concerning Christmas and the connection, Lord, of the sacrifice that Jesus made for our sins. And so, Lord, if there's anyone here tonight that's not saved, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to their hearts, Lord, and when the the opportunity to come to this altar is given that, 
that folks would come, those that need to be saved would come and be saved, and Father the believer might come, do business with you. So Lord, we're asking your blessing upon this uh, message. Pray you'll bless. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray, amen and amen. You may be seated. You know, I, I often wonder about things like this. As I've said before, I, I really try to picture, you know, what things would have looked like and, you know, the atmosphere and those types of things. Um, I was thinking about this today. I, I don't believe the Bible reveals, as far as I know, just how long Mary lived after Christ went to heaven. Um, we will read some uh, scripture from the book of John here in just a moment uh, uh, concerning the cross. Yet, I'm sure that Mary would remember uh, her first baby boy's birthday, amen? Just like uh, those of us that have children, we, uh, well, no, men may not remember the date exactly sometimes as far as the year goes, but we remember that time when it happened. And, uh, uh, you know, she no doubt was no different than any mother even today. Um, but as we read some scripture there, uh, particularly the verse 34 and 35, uh, Mary truly knew the real cost of, of the birth of Christ, what we're calling tonight Christmas. Um, and I think that's significant to understand. I think there's a great deal that, that we can learn and probably uh, maybe even think more about Christmas than we have. So we saw there in verse 35 that Simeon uh, prophetically saying that a sword shall pierce through thy own soul. In other words, that Mary was going to to deal with some pain concerning her son. We also see there some prophecy as well as him, uh, as, uh, as his public ministry would bring about a lot of heartache in his own life and you know, a lot of persecution and those types of things. And so, you know, we, so we're moving ahead uh, from, from this time that we've just read, about 33 years. We're going to move ahead about 33 years, and we're going to go to the book of John, chapter 19. You might save your place there. We might be back there in a moment. But uh, John chapter 19, I want us to fast forward ahead here a little bit. Again, we find Jesus on the cross. Um, again, probably 33 years later or so, somewhere in there. And it says there in verse 25, uh, John chapter 19, verse 25, it says, Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother. Uh, boy, I just, I, I can't even imagine, you know. Um, I mean, could you imagine? Could you imagine being there seeing this? Your, your, your son. So it says there, the cross of Jesus, his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother, now let's keep in mind, folks, he's, he's nailed to the cross at this time. He's hung between heaven and earth, dying for my sin and your sin. Verse 26 says, When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple standing by whom he loved, we know that to be John, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he uh, to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that disciple took her unto uh, his own home. As we read down through there, it isn't long before he gives up the ghost and, and he dies and is buried in a tomb. But I read that, not necessarily to, you know, to talk about the specifics of that, but to just try to get us to understand a word picture there of Mary standing beneath the cross, looking up at her son that was dying for the sin of the world. And I have to believe, the Bible doesn't say this, but I have to believe that Mary remembered those words probably, you know, I believe, from so long ago from Simeon that we just read earlier about a sword piercing through her soul. Now, in some ways... Uh, 
you know, uh, I think I shared with you guys here lately, you know, my father passed away, and so uh, we're gathering up pictures, and you know, how you do, families do that often, and, and we found some old videos and stuff, and, and uh, some old family videos of, of uh, Dana and I and our family when our son was little and just a baby and those types of things, and, and uh, you know, in some ways, that seems like a long time ago. Uh, my son, he's 33, as a matter of fact. And um, uh, or 32, I think he's 32. But anyway, he's somewhere in there. Uh, he was born August 9th. I do know that. Okay, not sure about the year, but he was born August 9th. And um, I was, uh, uh, you know, you, you see that and you go, wow, you know, that was such a long time ago. But then on the other hand, it really doesn't seem that long ago. It's it's gone by very quick. And those of us that, you know, uh, have lived through that, we we sure understand that. And I'm sure that that Mary uh, felt the same way. Uh, as she, you know, saw her son there dying for the sin of the world. But I often wonder, did it just seem like yesterday that she was holding him in her arms? And again, the Bible doesn't reveal that, but I have to think that certainly that was swooing through her mind. And so the day had come, that very day, that she would find that sword piercing her soul as she stood gazing up her son uh, on the cross of Calvary. Now, the cost of Christmas, if you will, uh, the birth of Christ, if you will, for Mary, was just that. You know, it was Calvary. It was her son giving his life for the sin of the world. And by the way, including her sin as well. You know, Mary had to be saved as well, right? And so it's an interesting thought, uh, somewhat uh, sad, but in some ways heartwarming. You know, um, I want us to understand tonight, and this is really what I want to drive home, is we can't have Christmas without Calvary. And, uh, you know, with the world and the commercialization of, of Christmas, you know, sometimes even believers, we, we kind of we get caught up in that ourselves. And, and uh, you, know, uh, you know, used to, um, you know, Christmas, I'll be honest, it... it I was like, man, alive, this is going to cost a lot of money. <laughs> you know, presents and, and decorations and those types of things. And so there is a cost to Christmas, if you will, but really it's not presents, right, uh, that end up in next year's yard sale, right? Um, it, it's, it's certainly not what we pay in those ways, you know, vacations, trips, suppers, you know, those are all wonderful things. Um, I don't know about you, but... Uh, uh, I mentioned a while ago that uh, there, Christmas can mean a lot of different things to different people, depending on what's going on in your life. Um, I know some people, and I'm kind of this way, I'm, I'm kind of geared this way. Uh, it's a sin that I have, it's a work of the flesh, and it's called worry. You know, uh, sometimes, well, for whatever reason, around Christmas time, we tend to worry, I think, a little more, I, me, about things, right? Uh, maybe not so much now, but when I was younger, I did. And, and, uh, but, but really, Christmas really costs more than the worry that some of us go through during this time of year, if you go through that. So the real cost of the birth of Christ, the real cost of Christmas, again, is really what God gave. And I think that's important. You know, it's what God provided. Of course, that Savior, the spotless Lamb of God, the gift of salvation. I mean, the greatest gift ever given, right? And it took the most precious substance ever to exist to pay the sin debt. That's the blood of Christ. And so the real cost of Christmas, again, is what God gave, what he provided 
uh, through his grace. And each year, you know, I mentioned a while ago, uh, we did it in our house when our kids were little. And uh, I would, you know, after I got saved, uh, I would read from Luke chapter 2 to verse 1 to verse 20. And, and uh, praise the Lord. I, that's a great thing to do. You ought to do that. Uh, and we read those verses and won't take time to read them tonight, but, you know, we're focused on the manger, we're focused on the shepherds, and we should be, and the angel of the Lord, and how the glory of the Lord did shine, and amen, that's exciting. It blesses my heart. Uh, amen. I'm not saying that's wrong. But I want us to understand, as I said a while ago, without Calvary, there is no Christmas, you see. Um, now, the world wants that <laughs> you know uh, the world isn't worried about the sin of the world the world's not worried about a savior being born uh, um, you know they're not interested in verses 21 through 35 uh, but they are important because those verses that i read just there really are the most important verses because they bridge the gap between christmas between the birth of christ and calvary and they really tell us the real reason for the birth of Christ. And I think we should be reminded of that. And uh, so we go back there to that uh, passage again in Luke chapter 2. I want to just read it again. Uh, let's just look there at verse 30. Uh, Simeon said, For my eyes have seen thy salvation, and certainly were excited, uh, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Amen. But then he also says in verse 34, And Simon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel. And of course we think about the ministry of our Lord and Savior. And we think about uh, the persecution that he suffered and his claim to be God, for he was God. And, of course, the cross. And so Calvary, certainly, you know, that is the, cro the, the cost of Christmas. Calvary and Christmas really are inseparable, right? I mean, you, you, can't, you can't separate those two and really celebrate Christmas. Um, some people try, they're, but they're not celebrating the birth of Christ. Uh, they're just celebrating the, the uh, secular Christmas that, that we see today. So Calvary and Christmas, inseparable, they're one. Christ certainly came as an innocent babe to die, though, as an innocent man. And if there was no death of Christ, if there was no burial of Christ, if there was no resurrection of Christ, again, there really would be no Christmas. In reality, that is how much the world does celebrate Christmas, though. Uh, and it's a shame to, we see that. Again, there's no connection to Calvary, no connection to Christ, uh, and to me, I was going to say ironic, but really it's just downright sad for lost people to celebrate Christmas. It just really doesn't make sense, does it? And like I said, they, you know, that name can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So the only way to really celebrate Christmas is really to be a Christian, amen? I mean, how could you celebrate Christmas without being a Christian? It doesn't make sense. And, of course, we're talking about those who have accepted the high cost of Christmas, that is Christ, uh, into their hearts, if you will. Only those who have eternal life that know that they're saved can truly celebrate Christmas, I believe, the way that it ought to be celebrated. And I just have one last final thought concerning Christmas and Calvary, and we'll be done here in just, just a few minutes. 
But uh, here's what I want us to end up with, a, a friendly little challenge. We've seen how Christmas cost Mary a great deal, certainly cost the Father a great deal. But really, Christmas really should cost the Christian something. I'm saying the birth of Christ, your being a believer tonight, it ought to cost you something. Amen. Um, when Christ was born, certainly Mary suffered as any other woman would, having a baby, uh, just as God said would happen when man fell in the garden. Uh, we know, too, as Christ uh, would begin his uh, earthly ministry, that uh, you know he was persecuted by the religious leaders of that day. Uh, they basically, uh, there one time, brought to his attention that he was illegitimate. Uh, he was basically called crazy. Uh, it was said that he had a devil. Now, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I don't mind it when people, well, that's not true. I mind it, but I guess it don't bother me as bad if somebody says something kind of hateful to me or about me or if it gets back to me, you know. Uh, yeah, it kind of rubs us the wrong way. But I believe every parent in here understands what I'm saying. When somebody badmouths your youngin, that's a little different story, isn't it? And I'm not saying that's right or wrong, by the way. But I'm just saying what it is. You know, when uh, somebody says something, particularly that's, that's false about your child, you know, accuses them of something or says something bad about them, that's going to upset you, isn't it? And let's be truthful, even if it was true, it would probably still upset you, <laughs> right? But especially if it wasn't true. And there's no doubt in my mind, the Bible doesn't reveal these things, but I believe Mary, and probably at some point, I don't believe Joseph, will, Joseph was alive by the time we get to the cross. There's no mention of Joseph after, you know, after the birth, really, in some, when he was a child. But, but my point is, is that if Mary heard these things, and I'm sure that she did, I'm sure that, that it hurt her just like it would hurt us. So she suffered for it. What I'm saying is she suffered for being identified with her son because uh, she, or he was her son, but even more than that, because he was her savior, um, the birth of Christ certainly cost Mary. It hurt her in a lot of ways. And hopefully tonight, if you're saved, uh, you would not have any problem being identified with Jesus Christ tonight. Amen? Um, and if that be so, I'm just telling you, uh, it's going to cost you something. And Jesus even said it would. And it ought to, amen? Uh, now, don't get me wrong. I don't think Americans really understand what true persecution is. I think if things keep going the way they are, we could. But, uh, but certainly, we, we've probably been in some uncomfortable situations in life simply because we were believers. And so the Christian life begins really at Calvary, in other words, being saved. But it goes beyond that, and uh, from that moment on, you know, we're crucified with Christ, but we are identified with Christ. And so there's going to be some, some pains in our side, if you will. And certainly, what would make us think that we won't, amen? As a matter of fact, if you don't suffer for being a Christian, I... I don't want to be ugly, but it's probably because you're not a very good Christian. Amen. You know, there's some Christians the devil isn't worried about. Right? But uh, 
Sometimes, you know, trying to live for the Lord, making a stance, amen, living a separated life, bringing your children up in the admonition of the Lord. Sometimes, uh, you know, we, we get that sword through the soul, amen. Well, nothing like Mary had. I don't want you to misunderstand me. But we're going to suffer by, for being identified with Christ. And again, if we're going to connect Christmas with Calvary, certainly we understand that. It's time, there's times when it stings, amen, to be identified with Christ. Sometimes people will just uh, think that you lack intellect. You lack what it takes. You've got to have that, that crutch, if you will. And sometimes even your family will suffer uh, some when you're trying to live for Christ. Certainly that happens. My point is, is following Christ is not painless. Never was it ever designed to be. And so I end with this. Praise be to God, that piercing does not outweigh the joy. Certainly it doesn't outweigh the joy when we get over yonder, right? But it doesn't even outweigh the joy that we have here on this side of eternity. Amen. Amen. Uh, again, I haven't really ever been persecuted for being a believer. Been through some tough times because of it, no doubt. Been attacked, uh, no doubt, uh, spiritually, uh, anyway. You know, any Christian that's lived for Jesus any amount of time, you've been through the same thing. But I wouldn't trade it for nothing tonight. Amen. Hey, listen, the good certainly outweighs any of the negative things that's been in my life. Amen. On this side of eternity. And I want to praise him. I praise God that some 2,000 years ago, there was a virgin that had a baby. And they called his name Jesus. Amen. And that boy grew up, never sinned. Never sinned. Not not even in his mind, never even in his heart, never had a bad thought. Isn't that amazing? But that fact made him eligible to pay my sin debt. And Jesus Christ went to the cross and died for my sin, died for your sin, for the sin of the whole world. So I say again, that, listen, there would be no Christmas if there wasn't Calvary. So I praise the Lord for that. And I praise the Lord how he's blessed my life and, and the joy that that it's uh, been to be a Christian. I think I shared with you the other day, I, I'm looking forward to my 62nd birthday. Now, I still got uh, five years, where's Miss Dana? Five, how old am I, 56? So I, I still, am I 56? So I got, I got, what is that, five more years before I'm 62. Now, here's why I'm looking forward to that. Because I spent the first 31 years of my life without Christ. I'm looking forward to having that. Um, that's, that's, a, that's a milestone for more of me. If the Lord doesn't take me home first, and that wouldn't be real bad, but, but I'm just saying it'd be good to say, all right, after that, after that I will be have living my life for the Lord longer than I didn't live for him. And that brings joy to my soul. Amen. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So again, I'm, I'm thankful for Christmas. I'm I'm, I know it sounds funny, but if you're saved tonight, you know exactly what I mean. I'm thankful for Calvary. The only, you know, I, I, you know God's still showing me things. I'm a slow learner. <laughs> but uh, he continues to show me every day that only, the only life worth living is the Christian life. Amen. Christmas in Calvary, and I'm thankful for that. I, I, I want to understand. I, I'm sure I don't understand the full, 
you know, the full uh, extent of it all. But I want to understand the real cost of Christmas. And I'm even thankful that it pierces my own soul at times for being a Christian. I thank the Lord for that. I count it a joy and an honor to suffer for the cause of Christ tonight. Amen. How about you? Amen. How about you? So here's the question. Are you saved tonight? What does Christmas mean to you? I might just ask this simple question. What does Jesus Christ mean to you tonight? When you hear that name, what does that mean to you? Well, first of all, I hope it means a Savior. If you haven't accepted him as your Savior, you need to come to this altar when the invitation is given, or even come right now. We'll, we'll get somebody to take the Word of God, show you from the Bible how you can be saved, how you can accept Christ as your Savior. Believer, I hope God spoke to your heart tonight as well. I hope God's uh, getting a hold of your heart and, and uh, helping you to understand the connection of, of Christmas and Calvary understanding the connection of his love for us you know uh, the greatest motivator of christian service is getting a hold of the love that god has for us amen when you really love jesus you'll get busy for him amen when you really love jesus you'll sacrifice for him so i hope hope there was a little something said tonight that'll help you during this christmas time so i'm going to ask you if you will to stand with your head bowed and your eyes closed and I'm just going to have a quick word of prayer. If God's speaking to your heart, you simply step out and come at any time. The invitation's open. If you need to be saved, you get my attention. If you need somebody to pray with you, you hold up your hand. I'll be happy to get somebody to pray with you. Believer, I'd encourage you to come tonight. And uh, maybe, uh, you know, the Christmas time, the Christmas busyness is fixing to come upon us. We're all going to be traveling and doing things. Maybe tonight, uh, while your heart is tender, maybe just come and thank him tonight for the sacrifice that he made on your behalf. Come and thank him for Calvary tonight. Father, we ask your blessing upon this message tonight, Lord. I know that it wasn't a, a deep message or anything great, Lord, but just a thought that I wanted to share <clears throat> with the church family tonight and, and any of those, those that might be visiting. Uh, Father, I hope and pray again that we never uh, separate those two things, the birth of Christ, <clears throat> the death of Christ on the cross of Calvary. Father, help us tonight. Uh, speak to our hearts. Maybe we got some folks on our mind tonight. Maybe we're going through a hard time. Might we just come and pray about that as well, Lord? Maybe we got a family member, Lord, that we're concerned about. Lord, help us not to leave here with any, any, <clears throat> any unfinished business today. And Father, we'll thank you for all you're going to do in these next few minutes. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. The invitation's open. You step out and come. Amen. Amen. If you need somebody to pray with you, you just hold your hand up. If you need to be saved, you step out and come right now. Come and do business with the Lord. Open. <clears throat>